Welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. I'm Josh. This is episode number 46, and tonight we are going to be reviewing Black Bear and Freaky. Plus some other stuff we've been watching. And that's about it. Might be a little bit shorter. Last episode was almost three hours long. Yeah, so I think it's time to give them a break. <sighs> Thank you for sticking it out if you did, but we watched really good movies, so... Um, all right. Well, you want to get into it or do you have anything new? Jacob, you're the news guy. So is there any news that we should be? Uh... Um, well, all of my time has been taken up by Cyberpunk. So you want to give your first impressions of the game? Yeah, it's absolutely lives up to all the hype. It's insanely dense. And Cyberpunk for me, I don't know about you guys. It's just kind of like I love that aesthetic. Like you could put that on pretty much anything and it elevates it a little bit for me so mm-hmm. an entire it uh game it does look it. interesting for sure i'm usually not like a i don't know like a single player triple a game like that like i i still have never played red dead um there's like games like that that get like the best reviews and i just never play them so but it does red look dead intriguing for me is overrated well it's not overrated it has all the quality that it should have and all the way, so much detail, all the way to your fucking horse's balls shrivel up when it gets cold. But it's way more boring, so much more slow paced. And even some of its side missions are like the basic side missions you get in those kind of games. Like, go collect five things, go kill these three people, like, and then come back. Whereas this one, like, it starts out like that. It'll be like, go collect these three things and then while you're collecting those like somebody crashes through the window in the middle of it and then all of a sudden you're carried and they're like follow me and then all of a sudden now you're in this like another hour quest that has nothing to do with what the original thing you were collecting was like yeah it's beautiful the bugs are there's so many though oh yeah so that's what i've heard is that it's uh on console it's like really like just a massive step down from PC. <laughs> Basically people are like saying like if you were if you're like uh hesitating to buy a new console or a PC, just look at Cyberpunk and how it runs and that should make your decision for you. Not gonna lie, I literally ordered a Series X because of this game. Wait, so, so you you successfully yeah, ordered a, one? I didn't know that. No, I bought one on a on StockX. It dropped down to like into the, like it was. It's been hovering in the like mid seven hundred, eight hundred. I'm like, nope. It dropped into the six hundreds. I'm like, yep, that's good enough. Oh. So no, I'm not buying it unless it's a uh, retail price. So yeah, no, I'll be waiting wasn't. a while. But that's yeah, all right. Well, then once you get it for retail price, then buy this game, and it will be fixed <laughs> in much better shape than it is right now. Though yeah, none of the they're none of the bugs are like game breaking really, just funny most of the time hmm. well cool i'll plan to play it uh in april whenever i get an xbox yeah. oh i cannot <laughs> oh. recommend it more there is something though since i mean we don't really talk video games a lot but um did you guys ever play left for dead yeah of course Both okay of them. yeah i uh it, me and jeff shout out jeff uh we used to play left for dead all the time that was like our shit and uh, I don't know if you watch the Game Awards, but the team that made Left 4 Dead is making like 
an exact replica, basically a sequel, but they can't call it Left 4 Dead because they're not a part of Valve anymore. Is it the it's one called, with the um, robotic enemies? No, it's zombie. It's like the same exact oh, okay. premise and everything. Huh. It's called um, Back for Blood. If you haven't seen any trailers or anything on this game, check I it haven't. out. It's yeah. it's coming out in the summer. And if you were a fan of Left 4 Dead, then we have to play it together because it's like, you know, it's a co-op game. That's like what it's made for. I mean, how who doesn't like Left 4 Dead? Yeah, exactly. Left 4 Dead was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Valve can't count the three. So it's good. So they're making <laughs> another game instead. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, that was Suds and video games. Now let's get into Suds and <laughs> <Yeah>. cinema. <laughs> um, Jacob, that Suds. That was just picked video this. Games. Yeah, just video games. <laughs> just video games. Uh, this was Jacob's pick for our beer. So Jacob, yes, it is. So I wanted to pick a beer that would be easy for you to get as well. Yes. Also, so we are we are recording remotely again, and the next episode will also be remotely. So we're gonna try to. Uh, it might be a little bit more basic beers, not as niche, but at least we'll all be able to drink the same beer. <laughs> and also, the name Cabin Fever fits very well with Black Bear to me. So, mm-hmm. yep, and and kind of our own situation in reality. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, <laughs> Kyle had a fever. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> everybody in 2020 has a cabin fever at this point. Yeah, they've had a lockdown. So, yeah, I thought it was a fitting beer. I have had this one a long time ago. At so I don't think you've before. said the full name. This is Cabin oh, Fever yeah. by... This is Cabin Fever by New Holland, which we've had a couple from them before, right? Yes, we have. Yep. Yeah. On the show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we... We've had at least that. one New Holland. At least one. I just if don't not remember more. which one it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have them. We had to have. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure too. Know. So I think I think uh, I think both of us saying that <laughs> it must be true. We spoke into <laughs> existence. <laughs> if that episode get, didn't exist, it does now. Go back. Well, talk about talk about this beer, and I'll try to look it up while you're talking about it. All right. So today we have a brown ale, and New Holland Brewing is out of Holland. If we didn't say that in that previous episode, uh, their details here is. Robust in character, yet smooth in delivery. Cabin Fever is a roasty brown ale and a hearty, comforting companion for long, mind-bending winter. I keep hearing my echo. It's hard to talk. All right. Mind-bending winters. It's rye, roast, and raisin notes play off a subtle caramel sweetness and (laughs) That's a good idea, Josh. (laughs) Thank you. That means so Just much while fun. he's talking, that's, yeah, that's like Culminate perfect. in a dry finish. Excellent r- with roast, stews, caramelized onions, and snowfall. Nice. So, I mean, I didn't give this a super high rating before, but I'm sure it's better now. My palate's more refined. Yeah, browns are, they. I feel like they're pretty hit or miss, like uh, just a basic brown is like i almost want to say bland but like when it adds when they add different notes of yeah obviously like different flavors and notes then it's that's when it really comes i don't know i think alive yeah because i always 
seemed to because brown ales a lot of times had that roastiness of like stouts or porters but like uh it always tastes like thin to me usually like it's doesn't have the weight of those do a brown Mm -hmm. yeah it's like a lighter stout to me Mm -hmm. it's exactly what it is i guess yeah (laughs) well i hit the nail on the head i'm an expert now Josh might be right. I don't know if we've had a brown on this show. No, New Holland beer. We haven't had that either. I mean, I sorry, uh, New Holland. We have had a brown. Um, New Holland. Wow. New Holland is actually one of my. I, I just looked through everything. Certain. I just looked through every picture that we've done. We know Jacob didn't it. do it because every Michigan beer Jacob gets is founder. So. <laughs> I had bells. Just kidding. Okay, All real right, quick before we move on, oh. before we move on. Oh wait, no, never mind. Yeah, I'm like hearing myself in your room. So, what speaker is on that would I would be hearing feedback from? I have no idea. That's why I'm confused. I just started hearing it like after Josh unmuted himself. I started hearing my own voice. That's super weird. Move your mic away. Turn your headphones down. Do something. It's not my. Were you still hearing it then? Because I was on mute. Hold on. Test, 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 test. Wait. Yeah, okay, I I'm still can kind right of. Now. Test, 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 test. Yeah, now I can I can still hear it. It's got to be okay. at Josh's. So, yeah, it must be. Do you hear it now? Test, 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 test. Very, very, very faintly. Nope, now I don't hear it. Become... I don't hear it at all. Oh. I don't hear it at all. That sounds good. Okay, I guess we fixed it. (laughs) Good. Okay, Uh, you ready to crack this? Yes. And also, shout out to their new, you know, cans and labels. Oh, I know. Yeah, the new, uh, yeah, this, I like the new style. I'm digging it. And like that orange, like, uh, whatever those are called. Tab? Yeah. Tab? Tabs are, that's a nice little detail. I love the details like that. Are you ready? Yes. Yum. I love browns. Actually, I this do love is, browns. Yeah, this is good. And this is better than um this is better than that Grand Armory brown that I have in my fridge right now. That's a lot better. Yeah. I don't know if they changed it or Mm-mm. I would have to go back and see when I had it. Maybe it was just before I liked darker beers. I started out the opposite way of most people. I liked like IPAs and stuff first and then got to the easier stuff from there so let's uh extend our beer sequence just a little bit on the can in this new design it says for gezelig times and if you're not aware new uh holland michigan is uh kind of known for its uh dutch culture they have like a what it's a tulip festival right yep they have the windmill too uh, yeah, like an old style uh, Dutch windmill. No, it actually is a Dutch windmill. I'm pretty well, sure. Okay, it is it was a Dutch windmill. Here. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Gezelig is a word that encompasses the heart of Dutch culture. And it says for Gezelig times. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but 
Oh, I'm just sure. a cool little, I'm just a sure cool to little touch. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Holland, Michigan was named after Holland, the region. It was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Dutch settled there. Oh. Oh, here we go. This guy's gonna say how to pronounce it. Is he saying it? He's like, (laughs) yeah. It's like he says like beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay for beers times. I'll look it up later. Um, Yeah, so pretty tasty. My palate is still it's not fully back, but from what I can taste, I'm liking it a lot, and I would (laughs) recommend it. It doesn't taste like like this slightly chocolatey water. Not doesn't taste like water. Yeah, actually, I would rate this higher than what I originally gave it, which was in 2016. So it, it's been a long time. I feel like the first time I had this was like probably 2014. Is this, is this a seasonal release from them? Because I feel like I haven't seen this beer from... I think they, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I when pretty, we browse craft beer, sure. we browse a ton of Michigan beers, and I've, I just feel like I haven't seen this. But very good. I would buy it again if I'm in search of a brown. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. wait. Never mind. I would get this again, too. Even I never though even I did checked get it this in. again, apparently. Oh, really? Look at that. There's a lot that you haven't checked in, though, to be fair. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, sometimes when I'm, like, drinking and then, like, I get to those last couple of beers and I just totally forget mm-hmm. to check them in. I yeah. hadn't had Rubeus checked in until, like, this year. I probably don't even have Rubeus checked in. Or yeah, probably day. like the most like the most common ones. Jesus. Yeah. Like the most common ones, you you know you don't even check in because you're like, oh, I either have it checked in or I don't need to or something, you know. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I've definitely had all day a hundred times. I must have checked that in. Oh nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely the same way. Uh. All right. That is the beer. Cabin Fever, New Holland. Check it out. Uh, we have two featured reviews, Black Bear and Freaky. What do you guys want to start with? The order that we watched them in? Because I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, might as well. All right. So if we go by the order that we watched them in, then that would be Black Bear first. Uh, Black Bear is written and directed by Lawrence Michael Levine. It stars Aubrey Plaza, Sarah Sarah Gadan, Christopher Abbott, and a few other people. Uh, Plot synopsis reads, A filmmaker at a creative impasse seeks solace from her tumultuous past at a rural retreat, only to find that the woods summon her inner demons in in intense and surprising ways. Let's take a listen to a clip. So you're a film director? Mike told you that? Oh, I mean, I'm right. No, Mike didn't say anything. Just the vibe I'm picking up. Oh, that's funny. What else did he tell you about me? <laughs> no, nothing. He said, uh, you used to be an actress and now you're a director. Mm. I, swear to, I swear to God. Why'd you give it up? Acting. I didn't. I think people just sort of stopped hiring me, maybe. But I'm actually happier doing what I'm doing. At least now I can eat cookies sometimes. Okay, what did you guys think of Black Bear? So I was a fan of it overall. I was confused, though. 
And okay. I don't. I, maybe I'm missing something. I'm hoping I get that out of this because the switch, you know, mm-hmm. kind of confused me. Okay, so we are gonna have to go know very the reasoning for that. We're gonna have to go totally light on um, general thoughts and then go totally in spoilers because it's obviously a movie that involves heavy spoilers. Yeah. Okay, so just keep so, it light and um, we'll we'll get into that stuff right away. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked overall. Well, a little bit overall, it was shot well, like acted really well, and yeah. I mean, it looked good. I thought the story was interesting. But overall, I was a little confused. So, yeah, that hurt it a bit for me. I guess I can't really say too much more without spoilers. So, Okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I don't... I I liked it, but I also don't... I think that the that it was trying to be too cerebral at times and it didn't really like necessarily execute as well as it should have. Um, I feel like it was a very, very average movie flanked by like really good scenes. And I think that those scenes were interspersed throughout the movie, but as a collective whole, I don't think that it was like anything spectacular. Like it was above average, but that's where I kind of landed on it. It was like nothing really wowed me, but I didn't see anything much wrong with it. The, the but like I said, the movie itself was pretty average. I'd I'd say, but it had those random spurts of like really good that helped it out with its with its like pacing and overall feel. But yeah, yeah. it really like carried it through. I was actually aiming at a higher place at first, but. It kind of chipped itself down. Yeah, and there's yeah, we'll we'll go over that, but definitely, there were some things that knocked it down toward like toward the toward the end. But yeah. Okay, I uh, really liked Black Bear. Um, I think the I really don't think it's actually that cerebral. Um, I think it's more meta than anything. Um, that's a good, yeah, that's a good word for it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, like, especially when it changes again. Well, not again, I should say. When it changes, that's like, I feel like the more meta aspect. And then um, you can kind of explain. I feel like there's one very easy explanation that might, you can either take it or leave it. There's a lot of them out there, but I feel like there's a very simple one that, um, I kind of was satisfied with and then the rest of it I just took as meta um, and that was really like my least favorite part I still liked it a lot I liked some of those scenes there um, I just feel like it wasn't as interesting as the beginning scene and um, it was it took up probably more than a third or closer to two-thirds of the movie so when that takes up the majority of it Part of that uh, was very interesting, but I feel like the build-up to that, as in after it changes, then the build-up to where they go with that was like very much just... I feel like it was only there to try to build um, anxiety, and it did that very well. It reminded me a lot of uh, Krisha by Trey Edward Schultz. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
basically just like a slow build of of uh, unease and un, an unsettling feeling, and then it kind of climaxes, right? And yeah. I feel like it did that very, very well. And uh, so I was, you know, pleased with that. And then by the ending, there's, you know, there's a final, almost another twist. And um, again, I don't think it's that cerebral with the explanation that I came away with. But um, yeah, I think it all just worked for me. I think the Aubrey Plaza's performance is probably the best, uh, but all of them are very strong. I loved the writing, uh, especially in the beginning scene and just the conversations that they have and the dialogue and the interplay with the characters. Um, it goes from, th- there are some interesting shots, but then a lot of it is, it feels mostly like handheld, like when they go into the house and they do a lot of follows, uh, long takes following characters, but I still like all of that. Yeah. But I mean, that was purposeful, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like technically, I just don't think there's a lot of a lot of flaws. I think a lot of it just falls into how you feel about the story and how you feel about the movie as a whole, because this is something that is going to be more divisive, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'm hoping to hear like your explanation of this, because this is like one of the f- few times I just I didn't I feel like I didn't get it. Right. So. Usually I'm like, oh yeah, I I pull out something or some kind of reasoning, but I finish watching this. I'm like, I still don't really get what the point was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I feel like there's there's might be multiple. I don't know if like I could say what the point of the movie is, but there's um, there's one thing for sure that he's trying to say, and I think that's the meta the meta element when you just Mm -hmm. analyze that, that's like the most obvious thing. And then besides that, there's a lot of relationship, um, drama and things like that, that you could take away. Yeah. And I thought that Um, was really well done. Yeah. I loved all of that stuff. Like the roles of, you know, gender roles and stuff like that. And it kind of seems like a little on the nose for like 2020 or like, uh, you know, they're so woke, but yeah. Well, I mean, he was a male chauvinist, right? Yeah, (laughs) but it takes place right like in a in a let's just say different like space or different world or whatever you want to call it. It didn't feel like our world almost to me, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it it, and there are and there's telltale signs of that too. Like in you know within what's happening, I mean, it's it that's like another very meta thing. Like like just the conversations that they have, you're like okay how realistic is that like to happen, you know, for a conversation like that to be happening in front of a stranger, that's something that you only see in the movies, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Meta is such a good word for this movie. Yeah. Um, okay. We can, uh, we can get into, uh, spoilers. Cause like I said, most of it is very spoiler heavy. We don't want to dance around things. We'd rather just be able to talk about it freely. And we gave our general impressions, so um, you have a good idea of where we're at. So full spoilers from uh, for uh, Black Bear starting right now. So do you want me to just start off with the explanation that I that yeah. I think or came away with? Uh, so the opening scene shows her on the dock, right? And then she goes back into this house and starts writing or continues writing. We don't know. And then at the end, it mm-hmm. closes with the same thing she's writing or continues writing and it doesn't show any other characters or whatever. She's just isolated. 
my assumption is that she is that she has written this story right black bear yeah in two chapters like because it the movie is broken up in chapters it, it comes up like on uh title cards chapter one chapter two which i saw that i'm like kyle's not gonna like that no, I like that. It it, it all <laughs> depends on how they do it. Like I'm very, I'm picky about it, but it can be done well. And it's done in a way that when it's written out I mean, you in would the title, have to do it in this way. Yeah, for this movie. Yeah, like think okay, so I'm just saying think about how the design of the title card is stationary in her mm-hmm. handwriting, right? You can assume that she is writing chapter 1 like she is writing this story that's happening before your eyes. That's what I thought. And then so she writes she writes the the first uh chapter and then she is writing the second chapter of them making the first chapter. So you think the literal whole movie is like the first part is the real part and the second part's the story, or both parts are a story? Nothing is real. Both parts are story written okay. by her. She so, is But they're like the same story. Mm-hmm. Yes, but one is the making of that story. And then uh, it's like but and then think about think about what happens in each story though, right? Like the roles in the first one get flipped in the second one. I mean the women's roles. Right. Yeah, right. But that's what I'm saying same, is like she kind of. but she's writing it from well, yeah, she's he's kind of the same. But that's what's that is what is interesting is because it seems like she wants to 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 live both through both uh, characters, yeah. And you don't know you don't really know her at all because she is writing it. But you can, I mean, that's where it's more ambiguous of like what who she actually is as a as the writer. You don't know. There's so there's that, and then the the most meta element or not the most meta element, but the what it's trying to say is just that uh, the artistic struggle and and the the things that they go through and coming up with different ideas, writing, and then obviously how those how they have to make those and what they have to go through. Like a lot of the people, I think I think was it this movie? Yeah, it was this movie. It had to have been the people that were in the movie were the actual crew members working on Black Bear. I think. So they didn't have yeah, any true. like paid extras. They were they were actual like crew members. So those are people that knew how to do the shots and knew how to do the sound and like they were all doing real cues that you would hear, um, you know, behind the scenes of a movie. And it, I th- that's like obviously where it's saying just showing. Um, I don't know what it's what it's like to be what I it's mean, like to make a movie. That and, was very uh, Kubrick like, right? He used to. He's like known for kind of punishing his actors and stuff and actually making them it's like uh, actually (laughs) well what's funny is i feel like this is like a nice version of kubrick because right right yeah he would never allow yeah he would never allow his actors to show up drunk or he would never allow he wouldn't he wouldn't be like oh yeah okay it's good enough you know we we ran out of time he'd be like no we're doing it again we're doing this we're doing it again more times (laughs) yeah (laughs) until it's perfect Exactly. This guy is just like, yeah, you know, we ran out of time. We don't have any money or whatever. You know, whatever we have is good enough. Yeah, exactly. But I felt like that's kind of what it was trying to point to, like the director kind of abusing the other person in order to get their best. Yeah, I mean, I there's, I don't know this. I don't know about 
about the director or anything. So I don't know what, how much of it is like personal or anything like that, or what he's really trying to say other than just like the basic artistic struggle is what I got. But that's, that's just like how I feel like the meta element ties in, but how it, going back to the story, how she writes it, like what is your opinion on that? Because there are a lot of different theories and I think I can only quote one other one, but as far as that theory stands, is that satisfying to you or do you still feel like it's confusing beyond that? I mean, so it's just that she's writing both parts of it. Yeah. Like, because in the title cards, it's, it's on her stationery with her handwriting chapter one, chapter two. And that's just how, that's how she wants. Uh, that's what she wants the movie to be is, is the story and then the making of the story or whatever. However it plays out as we see it is what she envisions so like the first part was the story and how that can influence art. And the second story was like showing that art, like pulling the inspiration from real life and putting that into a movie. That's what I got. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Well, yeah, that gives me something now because I had no idea. Honestly, I thought the writing and stationery and everything was just a choice. Yeah, you see, given I, reason to that choice. I thought it was literally just like an artistic choice. They're like, I think it should look like writing. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that I don't think I would have picked up on until like a second or third viewing without having you know read it. Because like it's right. such a small detail that it does seem like just a uh, design choice at stylistic the time. Stylistic choice, yeah. right? A stylistic choice, but it feels intentional with the opening and the closing. And again, like I said, it's just one theory. There's a lot of them out there. There could. It, could be something else and i don't think it's even meant i don't think you're supposed to have an answer either so right yeah it's whatever so, you think because like i didn't have anything this time like i wish i had a counterpoint to well i think that but i don't i honestly didn't that's what hurt the most for me is i'm just like okay what just happened though like everything that happened <laughs> was good and cool and i enjoyed it but what just happened like the black bear itself mm -hmm. yeah what does yeah. that mean what is the sim like is that symbolizing something or is that mean something to her the author that we just don't know there that's so that's the other theory that i could the only other one that i know of is that the first part um actually happens like actually plays out um except she is not actually who she is or well no i guess she would be because she's driving the car anyway yeah, the accident the accident me too. the accident either kills her or puts her in a coma from crashing into the black bear or whatever happens in that scene it kind of just cuts to black and then the second part that playing out of the movie or whatever is um more of like a dream state and that's why like a lot of weird things are happening and then the black bear when the black bear shows up and she just walks towards it it's kind of like her walking into the light like her symbolizing death mm. that one is like a little too out there for me yeah. i don't think like you know there's always theories like that that show up online but um it's uh i mean it it, it could make sense it's just not it's not how i choose to view it so yeah usually things that are like ambiguous i can pull something from or i can get like my own idea and i feel like that's because they do something in a way that mm -hmm. 
allows me to get that idea. Like he wanted the director wanted me to think this idea, but I don't know what the director really wanted me to think other than like the literal parts, like the struggling artist and what you have to go through to be the best. I mean, so many actors and stuff are, are fucked up. Right. Mm -hmm. And get fucked up because of other people's visions, like directors. So I kind of took it at face value, I guess. But I didn't get that other stuff. Right. And that's it. what I was when I was saying, like, I feel like it was trying to be too cerebral because there are instances where you're like, is there an explanation? Because if there isn't, then what's the point? Like, if there isn't a reason for the black bear, why was it named black bear? Why was there mul- like and then we can't really there's nothing to uh, like grab onto or there's nothing to attach yourself to what the black bear even means. So in all, it's like we're watching a movie about a movie and we see a black bear, but we have no idea what this black bear has anything to do with. I feel like that's where it kind of really fell short for me is because I don't, I well, feel like there was a lot, of, a lot of things when <clears throat> you see it, like you see it twice, <clears throat> you see it, and you twice. Hear it once. Right. And it, you, it's always kind of near and, um, Again, this is you have to think of it like in the perspective of she is writing this. So when she sees the black bear, she is to me. Again, this is the theory that I choose to go with. She is writing in the in the uh, screenplay. She fi- crashes into a black bear. She sees a black bear and walks towards it. Right? She's writing that in there, and it's always at points. It's always at the climax of each chapter. Right. Is that they? It happens at the climax, and and then again when it's when every all the shit happens after the wrapping of the movie, that's when <clears throat> she sees the black bear again. And one, I don't know what you, where you could go with this, but it is interesting that at the first time she crashes into it on accident. The second time she walks up to it on purpose, you know, there's different mm. and um, the first one, she is the one that uh, causes the cheating, right? She's the homewrecker. And, and then in the second one, she's getting cheated on, right? There's just, I think there's a lot of psychological things to think about. It might take yeah. another viewing or two to really to really grasp it all. I think there is there is meaning there. It's just not one of those obvious um, yeah. things that you're gonna get on the first on the first right. time. And also, I mean, the name Black Bear could be super meta, right? So it's just the name of the movie. So the movie we're watching is about the making of the movie that's being made and. <laughs> Yeah, another meta element for Movie, sure because there's yeah. a lot of it, a lot of it in here. But yeah, so yeah, she he she called him Bear too though, so I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. Mm. Mm, yeah, that may if if that he may, is yeah. like yeah he you know he is like a pretty toxic uh, character yeah. in both instances. You know he's one yeah, that really he doesn't could be change. The one destroying it, and that's why it's the whole feminism angle that was taking pretty strongly. Right. At a Mm -hmm. part, maybe that speaking of that, that it was the guy who kind of ruined the women in both way in both, you know, different ways, but both times, I guess. That's to do about the Mm -hmm. bear that's inside you. Either you feed it with (laughs) anger or or you feed it with happiness. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) New mutants tie. (laughs) Yep. Perfect double bill with the, the new demon mutants. bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
I want to get to some parts that I did not like. Okay. Yeah, what specifically? Something that bothered me. This was like, clearly they wanted this to be like a big part of the movie, and I hope there's something behind this. The fucking coffee. Oh, my God. I knew it. That annoyed the shit out of me. (laughs) Um, That was not funny. That whole scene. Yeah. Any time that was not funny, and I don't get it at all. That whole part was super tropey and like super yeah, like weed part, annoying. Like, is it mellow? Is this mellow? She kept saying mellow. I'm like, what the fuck is she talking and about? And about the uh, the bad tilapia. She was talking about the like drugs. Times. Yeah, but what the fuck does mellow mean? She all weeds uh, well, mellow. I know, but that's why, like, as as yeah, as, I'm like, like as the person as who people made that this never smoked weed before. Yeah, like, as people that know. smoke weed a lot, it probably doesn't make sense. Like, but like in his mind, he was like. Oh, there's like two strains, and one of them is like gonna make her, you know, hyperactive or whatever, and one is and mellow. And she's like, "Is this mellow? Is this mellow?" Stomach, like her having diarrhea, like that campiness that they put into the second part, like all of those jokes and like things that were like sitcom almost. I don't. They weren't. Funny I hated all I, of it. They were. I wish you could have just took them out. I didn't feel like it was sitcommy. I that again, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I did. It, it, the build up. The buildup to the to, to the more dramatic climaxes of it, it was all. I mean, think about the music too. Again, one thing, I fucking love this score. If you listen to the score without the movie, like these guys, they can play yeah, like very good. There's two guys. They can good. play like every instrument. They they infuse so many different genres in this one score, and the party scene is like amazing it's like drum and bass and jazz mixed together and it's going to be the intro to this fucking episode so listen for it Um, i liked all the music in this yeah yeah it was amazing but anyway the there's always like constant music um playing in that build-up and it's all all of that is just like meant to build like i said that anxiety a little bit of unease and like almost like tension like didn't you feel like um like because nothing was really happening, right, to push the plot forward. They were just making the movie, but a lot of these things were like they were moving around, bumping into each other. There's like just it's supposed to put angst, you know, mm. that feeling of okay. angst in I you. Guess, no. I guess if I try to look at it from that, if you didn't feel it, then that. that's yeah. if you didn't feel it, then that's a failure for sure. Like you that's know, they they failed to, to make you feel I that. I felt like they were trying to. Uh, we just watched another movie, not too long ago with it had. Oh, uh, the one with Russell Crowe. Unhinged. Oh, Unhinged? Unhinged. It felt like that to me, where it was trying to do these payoff things or, like, create, like, a joke, and it's just not funny. I don't... But, like, okay, I didn't view years, any of it. I see that. I didn't yeah. think any of it was supposed to be funny. There were funny parts in the movie. I didn't think those things were supposed to be funny. See, I, I just, took it as them trying to be create, like, this inside joke with, like, the us watching it. It's like, oh no, are they going to fall with the coffee this time? And then they did. And then eventually the one guy didn't. And I'm like, was that supposed to be the the joke? Like, he mm-hmm. did. you expected him to do there, it too, yeah. but he didn't? Just the whole thing. Like, it just, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was a very average movie with, like, brilliance littered. And the girl who kept not being able to that's find I, the line. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was thinking that they kept doing the re- so, I'm like, same She's supposed to be like a professional and like she's supposed to be able to do this. Yeah. But how would she find the line anyway? Because I thought they were improvising parts. Well, I don't know. That, yeah, I don't know. But they kept, yeah, they kept doing a lot of repetitive things. Um, but the, the, the anxiety part that was supposed to build up tension felt more like cheaper by the dozen. Like, 
like a like a kids movie that was like trying to show these frantic kids trying to get their kids ready for school and there's nine kids and um like they're chasing him around and the dog runs by with a fucking dirty paws and it makes everyone slip and they throw a they throw their briefcase in the air i felt like that was like what the movie was doing and i the that's whole what part the level was of so bad. i felt too yeah yeah but it was I, they i don't know <laughs> if they were trying to do that or not because clearly kyle thought they weren't I thought they no, were. No, no, no. I thought you, they were you're, too. You're yeah. also definitely over-exaggerating. Like, it's not that bad. It There are... I get... I totally agree with you. That's my least favorite part of the movie. I think that's where it kind of comes to, like, to a screeching halt. But it's... I, I know for a fact that it's all in service to build up this anxiety. Like, that's why it's there. Because there is no other purpose for it. Like, it does show... It's, it's trying to show the struggles of making a movie right, but... Obviously, a lot of those things wouldn't happen on a professional set. So, I don't and know. I mean, just in regular life, like how many times have you, when you're holding a coffee, you're careful. <laughs> you know, you're holding a fucking coffee. Like, yeah. Good thing we brought. No, a I know that. And then uh, it's oh, like, I, oh, the pink shirt or the blue shirt? Definitely the pink. Oh, don't worry. That's why we have doubles. Oh, don't worry. I guess you're wearing blue then. Like that was so pointless. I guess. And this, that really is what dragged it way down for me because I right. liked it a it lot more until all this stuff started happening. Yeah, and I'm not even totally disagreeing. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I don't think it's that egregious. That's what I'm saying. And because that also, like I said, was my least favorite part. Um, but everything like after that, for the most part, I liked. Like yeah, me too. When it gets into that, really, just that that scene with where they're trying to play out the scene, you know, and the drunkenness level and everything like that's a little hammy but i again it's it's almost like she's writing it right it's not actually happening because right, this again this is life. something that like like i said again before in the dinner scene the opening um the opening story scene where they have dinner like those conversations the fights that they have is like so cringe and there's a lot of like cringe stuff in here and i feel like they do that on purpose uh, again, but just give like you that feeling of anxiety. But those were those good. I liked how it was done then because like that fighting felt so natural. It's like so passive aggressive and like well, it feels like, it feels I mean, natural. It, but again, would you ever do that in like in front of a stranger or I mean, it feels like very much like a movie, right? Like this would only. Yeah, this kind of fight would only happen in yep. a movie. And that's yeah. the same thing in the second half. A lot of those things would only happen in a movie. Yeah, you walk around with coffee and you spill it on a, uh, the same blouse three times. That would only happen in a movie. That doesn't happen in real life because this is all a movie <laughs> that she's writing. Right. I mean, yeah, that's definitely a great point. And like hearing that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I can understand that more. But normally, I can get that while I'm watching that, and I just felt maybe he did it too over the top and it just I don't know mm -hmm. it felt like it was intentionally there to be cringy or funny versus like how you're saying it where it's like this thoughtful thing to make you realize that it's actually not real life right yeah and it's hard because you don't know that until like the end right so that's why yeah. It's easy to, if you like think about that right away, you can, right after watching the movie, I know it's been a few days, so maybe it's harder to recontextualize a lot of that stuff, but I was recontextualizing it an hour after I watched it. I mean, 
I could see myself rewatching this because I was between two scores and, you know, settling on one, I think I, my score could change again. So I'd definitely be interested to, to rewatch it. This is something that I would show that I would want to show other people, especially yep. film lovers. You know, I think it's something that a lot of people like that would, would like, or at least yeah, be interested I, in. It's, it's a very interesting movie. The, yeah. That's the one thing you can't say, whether it's good or bad, whether you liked it or disliked it. This is one of the most interesting movies we've watched this year. Yeah, like I was definitely, I definitely liked it. Like I know I sound like I'm shitting on it, but there, it was just that, those parts were so egregious that they bothered. They bothered me because they pulled down for me because I was between a higher score and this score actually, mm-hmm. and just with those things added to it is really what dragged it down for me. But if I rewatch it with this like new view, I think it could go back to where i was higher than that i don't know but we'll maybe yeah for sure Uh, i feel the same um do you want to say anything else any other scenes that you disliked or did you want to i mean i like i said before i think technically everything is at a pretty high level so i don't really i don't think we need to go too much into detail unless you have specific notes on uh scenes or shots or anything like that i did think it was a little too yellow for me very very yeah they i think it's the i think it was like the the cabin feel you know they like it was the cabin made it like to feel warm yeah coziness yeah because outside i don't think it was too much like that yeah i mean they definitely go for like a hazy like blue outside blue. Uh, uh, yeah it's like blue especially with orange, the fog the contrasting colors yep yep cool uh if you guys don't have any other thoughts you want to drop a star rating on this bad boy yep i give it what a do you 3.5 okay i gave it a three star i also gave it a 3.5 but a very heavy 3.5 if you weren't wondering uh, or in case you were wondering, it was between a 3.5 and a 4 for me. So we were both between that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, man. Uh, this is beer making me burp. Okay, so our next featured review is Freaky. And Freaky is written by Michael Kennedy and Christopher Landon. It is directed by Christopher Landon. It stars Vince Vaughn, Catherine Newton, Celeste O'Connor, Misha or Misha Oshervik. Uh, and the plot synopsis reads, after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. Let's take a listen to a clip. Hey. Jesus! Easy. Easy, easy. It's okay. It's okay. Look, I know I look like the butcher, but it's Melly. This is going to sound really strange. Booker! Booker, look at me. He's crazy. Okay, Booker, can you look at me, please? Please? Booker, please, can you look at me just for a second? Okay, so last night, our consciousness or our spirit, whatever you want to call it, okay, it traded places. She's telling the truth. So he stabbed me with the dola, which is like this ancient mystical dagger. (sighs) And now I have like less than six hours to swap back or I'm going to be stuck in his body forever. You're all going to jail for this. You too, Booker. Unless you help me. Booker! Try a bitch. Booker! Will you shut up? Alrighty, so what did you guys think of Freaky? It was 
just a enjoyable good time for me to watch. Uh, nothing. I mean, acting was good, but I guess overall, nothing like really stands out as being this like amazing pinnacle like work of art or anything. But acting was really good overall. But everything else was just kind of what you needed to do. And this kind of movie is like right up my alley. Like that. Like this is what's like scary movie wish it could be like to me it's using uh, the comedy i think and it's like the- doing something way different than scary movie okay first well, off i've uh, before we get further into it i have a question for both of you have you either yeah. of you seen happy death day or ha- happy death day to you no. I've, had, I've seen De- happy death day yes okay so this is the same director as both of those so i didn't know like that i feel like that is very much in the same realm i haven't seen those but like just from the trailers it feels like it's playing in the same universe as those movies whereas scary movie is obviously much more parody and going for very lowbrow dumb humor exactly you know that's what i, I'm I don't saying. know like both of these are like trying to do kind of parodies of established franchises but this one is much more delicate and done and the way you should do like a parody, that's almost like an homage to it versus like scary movies were just like atrocious and just using literally like the sets or the characters of past like good movies, actually. But that's what. OK, I think you're totally missing the point of we need to clear this up first before moving on. That is the point of a parody. Robin Hood Men in Tights is a parody of Robin Hood. So they, they literally take the character of Robin Hood and put him in these stupid situations, right? It's like, that is the point. Uh, Spaceballs, that's a parody of Star Wars and right. Star Trek. So they take the literal characters and transform them into, you know, these, the characters that are in the movie, obviously. But, like, that's the point of it. It's not paying homage, it's parodying it. Like, this is paying homage. I don't think this is trying to play in the same realm as a parody film like Scary Movie. I see, but I don't know. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it definitely was a comedy that played, like, paid very good homage to past ones. There was a couple of times when I thought it was too heavy-handed. The it's starting on like Friday the whatever thirteenth or or Wednesday the eleventh, and then ending like that didn't add anything to it. And I thought that was kind of like too much. But then like the subtle ones, like right in the beginning, the Halloween shot, I loved those kind of things. And Mm -hmm. really the story overall was kind of interesting, like taking that. I mean, is it saying it's like Freaky Friday? Is that like a. No, definitely. That's. Oh, no, no. no, Okay. The trailer and everything. Okay, you cannot spoil freaky. this movie at all because if you know the it premise, matter, you know yeah. you know the whole you know the whole plot. You know exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and like there's no spoiler. <laughs> I, I mean the Freaky Friday type setup is always interesting and I haven't seen it since Freaky Friday, so it was interesting seeing it in this kind of way and I've never seen this kind of thing done before and it made me laugh a lot, like seeing that like Vince Vaughn act like a teenage girl and the opposite a teenage girl acting like a serial killer 
Yeah, I, I really liked that and thought it was well done. I thought they both did well, the two leads there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I th- there's not a lot that I hated about it or really even disliked too much, except the end, I guess. The last sequence, I didn't like that. But overall, okay, we'll talk about that. super enjoyable, funny. I had a good time watching it. It was entertaining and it wasn't trying to do anything else. It was extremely self-aware in a good way. Yeah, I uh, I really like this movie as well. I uh, From the only one that's seen Happy Death Day, this isn't really... I wouldn't say it's in the same universe because Happy Death Day is very much more grounded. It's like... It's trying to, it's, it's got the comedy elements, but like the scary parts are actually like, I feel like trying to be scary. Whereas this one, it was pretty comical the whole time. Like you never were supposed to be afraid of Vince Vaughn. You were just like, I don't, I don't ever feel like there was a scare factor as much. Yeah. Because once they switch, once they swap bodies, once they swap bodies, right. You, you can't, you can't mine any horror out of a girl like trying to kill somebody right there's no horrific element there it's no, just right. like a, a pure slasher like will will she kill them or not that's pretty much it right yeah and even before like even before they switched um you never really were like scared because it almost felt like it was very self-aware and it made it made sure that it was consistently self-aware the entire movie i mean when it was over the top it was trying to be over the top it always stayed right there. The the same amount of violence stuck throughout the whole movie. Um, um, I laughed a lot more than I thought I would actually. Um, there was a there was a lot of pretty pretty funny elements in this. Um, and then like like acting technically wise, you're not you're not expecting much. So you got exactly what I thought it would be. I was actually more impressed that I liked it because I obviously don't like comedies that much, but. I think that it paying homage to Halloween a yeah, decent amount of times was pretty funny. Comedy, like I don't like regular comedy on a whole. Like it's not my favorite genre. There are good ones, but like horror comedy is like a weakness of mine. Shaun of the Dead, Tuck and Dale vs. Evil, like love those. So I love that mixture together and it just works so much better to me. Um, yeah, general thoughts, by the way. Um, I'm glad I picked a movie that you guys both liked, and I did not rate this on Letterboxd for you. Yeah, I just saw that <laughs> now. Because I did not like Freaky at all. Um, wow. And I'm the one that recommended it, I know. Um, okay, so... to I just... I'm glad that you felt that way, but I disagree that... First off, tonally, I love the beginning. I feel like it was going, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. It's super campy. It knows what it is. And then it gets into like all of this like family drama and all this stupid stuff like with, and like her, you know, being bullied in high school and stuff like that. It's just all so melodramatic and cliche and like, uh, just left such a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, 
That was, it was supposed yeah, to be like this like, teen movie. That's how Freaky Friday was. That's how when her mom was in her Yeah, Freaky Friday is like But that's how the, yeah. that's what the premise is. You're supposed to But that's learn a what that's also like a bad That's also a bad movie. Like I wouldn't say Freaky Friday is a good movie. I'm talking about the just the quality of the writing and the story and stuff or I wish it just would have gone a, like full camp and like there was one part that I'm like split on because it was so dumb, but I also think they kind of meant it to be like sentimental. And that was when that she, her mom's having the conversation in the dressing room and she said, Oh, I bought him this pink polo. He probably hated it cause it was pink. And she's like, I think it was his favorite shirt. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this feels it like it's supposed to be, be. sentimental, yeah. but that's stupid. also so stupid that like nobody would ever say that. No, I always took like I also will agree that the sentimental parts I thought were the worst parts of the movie. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, they always made it in a way that I'm like, OK, I think it was intentionally meant to be stupid. Like you think about when they were in the car together, Vince Vaughn and uh well that was definitely kid. supposed to be stupid like that was it was, that like, was the funniest part it was the typical like feeling and he's like but you are beautiful honestly. see i love like, that part because that, that wouldn't like, happen would that never would have happened in freaky friday two that freaky friday came out in 2003 imagine yeah. uh freaky came out 2004 you think they would have had two male leads kissing in a car like that no fucking and way like an older guy and like this yeah and an older guy. exactly <laughs> I love that part. I thought that was great how they flipped that on its head and like they he did it he like didn't a care. Lot of the cinema parts were like that. Uh I think that was like the best. And that that was like what I wanted more of. Like if it's gonna be sentimental, then make it funny and do it in a clever way. And a lot of it you have to th- admit too, there is a lot going on in terms of like the sentimentalness or whatever. They bring it up a lot. Like her losing her dad, her mom being a drunk her sister hiding, burying her emotions in work. It's like way too much going on. Like literally they could have been either just like the daughter, uh, the two daughters and the mom. Like we didn't even really need the dad plot line or just the one daughter and the mom and keep the dad plot line. Like it tries, I feel like it tries to juggle a lot and it doesn't work on most of those levels. You wouldn't have the overbearing sister at home if the dad didn't die. Yeah, what, we don't even need the sister, really. Like, there could have you been a cop. cop. No, there could have been anybody. Like, it didn't have to be the sister. And also the yeah, cops. That that's another sleep. thing. This high school has a cryogenic chamber in it, oh right? Oh, my God. Duh, it's a we fucking, were laughing about that. And the police, yeah. the police station is the size of my living room with nobody there. There's nobody on guard. There's nobody working there ever. Like, what the fuck? They were looking for the killer. Yeah, and there's three cops in the whole town. The, the high school is oh, the like size six. of a fucking Rockwell. I mean, yeah, the right. part that made Josh and I laugh each time was when the cops would just randomly shoot into the air in the middle of town. Boom, boom. We're like, that that bullet has to come down. Like, But they did it in multiple scenes, just shooting into the air. Yeah, that happens a few times. Yeah, the, so at the party they just they just shoot randomly in there. Yeah, they point their guns <laughs> they point their guns at kids. Like the cops are so <laughs> yeah, bad. She points it. She points a gun. I at the don't. Ki- uh, I don't the, think so. Yeah, I police think, station. I'm like, you can't do there's that. There's not an ounce of this movie other than some of the sentimental parts that was meant to be taken seriously. No, I think I think it was trying. I think it was 
going for a little bit more and it was definitely was not reaching that like even the performances you guys said they were good i thought the performances were pretty no, bad ex- except for vince good. vaughn no, I, I don't even the think the girl was girl that good did. i thought she did fine i thought she did fine Booker she was, was okay fine. everybody was like okay no to names. subpar yeah exactly that's what i'm saying is they're pretty they're gonna be no names for a while because they're pretty bad I just took it as like they're basic. They were basically Disney Channel stars, and then you had the two leads who actually did good, and then yeah, everyone else was just to make you feel like this is some kind of stupid like Disney Channel movie type thing. In yeah, this but that's ultra violent that's, thing. That's a bad thing. Like it is. It comes. It comes off feeling like that like it does actually feel that's a good comparison actually disney movie they do like a lot of stupid sentimental stuff and yeah you cross it with us with a uh r-rated slasher film and that would be this movie yeah and i think it was all purposeful (laughs) no that's why it's bad (laughs) like they were meant to not be like good actors they were meant to look like that but have this like if you say everything bad is just that's it was meant to be that way, then yeah, but I guess no, you would, five stars. Oh, you're the king of that. Don't even talk. <laughs> there's a fine line between self-aware and then trying to be self-aware and just being bad. But again, you're you're literally just hypothesizing what was intentional and what wasn't. And I agree. No, I will in do this that too. Case, it felt intentional. I see that's yeah, where I I think it didn't feel intentional. I, a lot of stuff I don't felt I don't think was intentional, or they they missed the mark with their intentions. Maybe like they wanted it to be how you're saying they wanted it to be campy and feeling this way, but it ended up feeling like a stupid Disney Channel movie that was more cliche and just bad than anything, and it didn't come across as crossing that threshold of of uh, going for it in terms of being self aware. As I thought it was, I thought, I will admit, it started off feeling very self-aware, like, the kill with the wine bottle, come on. That was awesome. That was great. And then it goes in, yeah, it just goes into a totally, yeah, through the wall. Through the wall and just rips it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All the kills, like, all the horror stuff was great. When she slices uh, Cameron in half, you know, with the saw. Yeah. Yeah, the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. the like the, he like his performance was too really was well great. Done. He was like such a dick, but like obviously a teacher wouldn't act that way. Like that's the kind of stuff that felt like oh intent like he no, because he, he went started for- kicking her ass. He wouldn't fucking do yeah. That. Like, he's like that's what I'm saying is that's why it was yeah, good. Yes, that's that's what I want. That's, that's what I, I wanted like out of this. Was like <laughs> oh like no, one the gay kid. He was just like I'm straight, like. <laughs> The it scene from like, them running from running from him too that was uh that was pretty bad. Like they uh, did slow like that weird they did like this slow motion thing where he right he pushes the um what's that girl's name in the movie? Naya. Naya. Naya, right? He pushes Naya and it shows her like hitting the table or whatever. Like you think it's and they like show it like they zoom in on it it's like slow motion you think okay like yeah, you really he hurt her accidentally broke her back i did think yeah that. and then she just gets up and it's like why was it like that why what's up with the framing and the speed in the speed ramping like why are they to doing show this? how strong he was <laughs> yeah but we already knew that that's so stupid <laughs> she didn't know it because oh i think my she God. the comment right after that no that was, was so that was bad 
I don't know. I don't think there was any like bad parts in this movie. Oh, okay. it felt all intentional <laughs> to me, honestly. No, it seemed like uh, there were some intentional parts. Day and you'll see things that are not intentional. I don't know. I think I think Happy Death Day can't be worse than this. I mean, it's Blumhouse, so it could be definitely could be worse. It was Happy Death Day. Blumhouse on this, you would like it. Uh, no. You have not liked a single Blumhouse movie. Bullshit. Name one. I'm about to pull it up right now because I cannot. I can't tell you exactly Exactly. what Blumhouse has done. I'm gonna pull it up. Um, Get out. How much you hate Blumhouse? Get out. The Hunt. Much better. The Hunt. The Hunt. Yeah, that was a movie that was trying to be too Halloween grounded. It wasn't so Halloween. Upgrade. New Halloween. Yeah, the new Halloween upgrade. And upgrade. Oculus was fantastic. (laughs) Insidious. Boom. A bunch of them. Creep. Oh, creep. Split. Creep two. See, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's Blumhouse. Recently, Blumhouse, you have not liked. Yeah. Get out. It's three years ago. Black Klansman was Blumhouse too. Well, he produced there you go. it. That was really good. That's all Blumhouse does is produce. It's not like I mean I don't think Jason Blum directs anything or not now. Uh-huh. So it's all produced. <laughs> Just depends on who they get who they get to make these things. And Christopher Landon, if you think Happy Death Day is worse, then Christopher Landon is a hack. No, because not got, not seeing any of his movies. Pretty good reviews on all of them. So. Mm, yeah sure Kyle just for reference uh, Happy Death Day got a better score than The Hunt so yeah for sure obviously I mean dude uh, thought process is on what do you think what do you think is yeah what do you think is gonna get a higher rate also from who but it doesn't matter one of them is like the most divisive movie like politically and just everything that happens in the movie right i mean it isn't we we talked about the hunt already it's not great like we didn't nobody none of us loved the hunt we all gave it at a very average score this is these movies these movies are made to like yes they're made to appeal to definitely a certain audience but like the like what you're saying you forgive a lot of stuff because you feel like it's intentional right or you or maybe you feel like it is intentional and so you forgive it but yeah. I am not forgiving that stuff because I didn't feel that. I'm agreeing Which with you. Totally like, fine. I think, yeah, I think, like, th- basically, I imagined me watching this when I recommended it. I imagined myself giving it your score. And then when I watched it, I didn't get the vibe from the trailer. And I didn't get that. F- I didn't think it was that funny. The performances weren't good. And I didn't think a lot of that stuff that you're saying was intentional was intentional. It didn't go far enough for me. So that's why I didn't like it. But I could see yeah. people liking it, yeah. And no, it's made, and it's totally made fair. to give you that feeling. I think it just for me, this one worked better, like than the hunt, which is also kind of yeah, it's kind of a good. It was it the hunt did for like battle royale type movies, what this is like doing for slashers, slasher, yeah. But I think this was just more, way more effective to me because I thought it was way funnier than the hunt. For sure, 
I didn't have to settle into this movie. It was like, as from the jump, I was already, it set the tone from the very beginning for me. And it carried that same tone throughout the whole movie. And Yeah, I thought it worked all the way well until, again, the whole end part I thought was dumb. I didn't like that part. Okay, so let's talk about the end real quick then. If, like, brief spoilers for Freaky, if you care. What what exactly, what sequence exactly are you talking about so I know? Like, the end when so, he comes back after... Yep. Yeah, okay, sequence. yeah. Yeah, that was pretty that bad. entire... <laughs> and sequence. they have to work together to kill him. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Like, that was... That's when it pushed too far to me. Like, yes. when him... It should have ended for me when him taking off, like, the pulse... And like flatlining, but you knew he was alive still. Yeah, it would have set up better for a sequel like that. Like that is a perfect like homage, homage. or parody yep. or whatever you want to say it is to horror movies because especially the ones like slashers like that. Like <gasps> he's still alive no, and out there. Maybe he'll come back later. That, no, like a great another great movie was um oh shit the. The guy, they, they, he locks him in the house. He's trying to, he like makes traps all in the house. Collector. Collector. Collector, they do the same thing. He gets away and then he crashes the, or the cop car and he comes back for him. Yeah. So I it's know like, there's some a lot do of good that. horror movies that do that. But I just didn't think this one needed to do that. They should have just left it ambiguous like, uh, oh, he's you know back. You have to give her the final kill on him. You can't let the cops kill him on the end. Or you just leave it open like many have done before. Yeah, but maybe they don't want a sequel. And it's like... Yeah, but they don't need a sequel. The whole movie is just paying homage to the... Yeah, but I don't need it for this movie. And the payoff was like really corny. That that scene where she's... He's like, oh yeah, you know, I know what it's like to have that weak and feeble body. (laughs) Like, it just... Like, that made sense. Like, they she wouldn't have been able to kill him and then like them teaming up again didn't seem like uh, something that was supposed to be over the top it seemed like again an emotional cliche of them coming together them having to band together as a family unit to take this guy down and that was like this is a this is a big emotional payoff not this is so corny that it's gonna be funny the fucking steak through his Yes, the kills chest. the kills are all over the top. That doesn't so mean the, the emotion is not like the f- no. I didn't. I, I'm just saying this is the that is the first point in the movie for me where it was like, okay, you're getting into that you're past that fine line of knowing what you're doing, and now this just is cheesy, which is a fine line. <laughs> I will admit, <laughs> for me, but the rest of the movie was working pretty well for me. That whole last sequence killed the pacing for me. And it was the last two minutes of the movie. I wanted it just, I know. And it just felt longer than the last 30 minutes before (laughs) that. It killed pacing. Good. It's the end of the movie. Pacing should be done. Yeah, but it felt good. No, you want to end on a high and it ends on a low. They could (laughs) have ended him like maybe being alive. And they're like, is he alive? But you don't actually know. But no, not every movie needs to end on a cliffhanger. No, they don't need to do that. But I just feel like, like, oh, there's going to be a sequel. I just feel like that would have been better for me. Like that would have ended it. I would. I didn't care about a conclusion of the story. I didn't care about like any of the characters or anything. I was just enjoying the ride. But it's and then the the ride went too long. It was like the story. It's part of the whole. 
the whole ambiance you know on a roller great. coaster yeah, like get, when you're at the end of the ride and then you're sitting there waiting for the next people to get on so that you can get off the ride that's that whole part you're just sitting there waiting for it to be over and all the fun parts are over I don't know about all that. That's very melodramatic. <laughs> I thought it was vivid. No, I just think that that fell in the tone. You have to. That's you have to have her have the final kill. You're not gonna have cops end off in a shootout and he maybe survives. You have to have them come together. Their last like all the sisters love each other again. The they met the Disney type. Yeah, thing. it's the perfect. It's the perfect ending. Uh, they all. F- they I all band together endings. and <laughs> I'm just kidding. The band perfect ending. The no killer. way. No way. No shot, Bucko. But in this, in this, in this realm, it needs a perfect ending. For this, mo- this type of movie needs a definite ending. You Does don't want it a, though? Because tons want a of slasher movies end. But Happy Death Day. Did Happy Death Day need one? And that got a sequel. Like it's isn't it the yeah, same movie two times? Honestly, even if it did get a sequel, <laughs> I just think that ending's better for me. I didn't need to see that whole last part. Yeah, but that didn't that wouldn't fall inside this the the world of this the movie. Maybe it would though. Not the whole tone. The whole tone was building up to a a final kill of the serial killer. But then it should have. I don't know. Maybe I it just didn't work for me. That that part was when I just like, Ugh, that's too much. Okay, the last two minutes of the movie was too much. I liked it overall. I'm just, well, I'm, I'm just saying I'm it's the end of the movie. What I didn't like. <laughs> they didn't yeah. stick the landing. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, the ending didn't work for me, and a lot of other parts didn't. But I like all the kills, and um, I like Vince Vaughn. So there you have yeah, it. You could tell he was having a lot of fun making this. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, he's been in like some lower Serious tier too. Well, yeah, he's been in like lower tier comedies. Like I said, uh, I watched the binge. He was in that. Like such a weird thing for him to show up in, but he stole every scene in that. I don't know. He just. I mean, he was in the he, other movie we watched this year too. I forgot the name of. By Clark. that we were watching. Yeah. What? What's his the kid from the Office, Dwight Junior? Oh, Arkansas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's in a lot of. Yeah, he's been in three movies this year. Yeah, or if at least three, maybe more. Stole pretty much every scene in that too. Yeah, he really puts it all into everything, like every role that he's in, for sure. Yeah, he's also six five, so that usually helps too. Yeah, seems like he's bigger presence. Yeah, it worked for a slasher for sure. All right, cool. Anything else to say on Freaky? No, I enjoyed it. What are you saying out of five stars? Another 3.5. I also gave it a 3.5. Though this one wasn't leaning. this is, It's not going to go any higher. Well, to even give it the same score as Black Bear is fucking blasphemy because this is a two-star movie if I've ever seen score. one. Better, yeah, it's, it's blasphemy. It's blasphemy is what it is. This is a two-star movie if I've ever seen one. I would rather watch Unhinged again. Really? You think that was less cheesy? That movie was I, way worse. See, that one. Wasn't I would rather of what it was doing. Watch that than this. So yes, I think that one was more at least aware. They're both equally dumb, so I'd rather watch Fat Russell Crowe. I would rather watch Freaky two more times than watch Unhinged ever again. 
I'd watch Freaky. I would back watch to both again, I'd but I I I think I enjoyed Freaky more. Here's okay. Here's a good. Here's a here's something also. I would rather watch Unhinged if I'm alone. I would rather watch Freaky if I'm with friends or a group of people. That's fair. Boom. But I think I would watch. <laughs> both in both scenarios, I would watch yeah. Freaky for both scenarios. No, I wouldn't. Watch well, obviously, you guys, you yeah. guys gave it a good score, so yeah, we I'm watched saying for it myself together, though. Oh, you and Josh did. Yeah, yeah, we held hands. Oh, that's the whole so time. cute. That's so cute. <laughs> well, we were supposed I watched... to record Sunday, so we was already over here. Oh my god, I almost forgot to say something. I watched Freaky with somebody too, and they wanted me to point out that the patterns that the characters wore were never matching. And I said, ugly is in right now. Am I wrong? No, I mean, look at the shoes and stuff we used to make fun of that are huge now. Like I Crocs. know. Have you seen the new Yeezys? They're freaking hideous. All the Yeezys have always been hideous. <laughs> yeah, but mm. a lot of Gucci shoes are really ugly. A the lot of Gucci clothes are really ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I like I said, ugly's in. Mismatching yeah. is cool now. Who would have thunk it? The 90s. All right, you want <laughs> <laughs> Yes, fashion is cyclical. Um, you guys want to move on to some other stuff we watched? So I think I only have one other thing. I have three other things because well, I was at I home watch, all week yeah, in COVID. I'm watching a lot of Breaking Bad. So <laughs> Cyberpunk came out. So okay, so That's I will start then, and I will I will group these two together because I don't actually have a lot to say on both of them. Um, but I watched two documentaries. I finally caught up with Dick Johnson. His dad have been wanting to watch this for a long time. Finally uh, bit the bullet and uh, popped it off on Netflix. Um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much what everybody has been saying. It's just a very personal story. Uh, Kirsten Johnson uh, is the director of this. And the movie is about her dad, uh, obviously Dick Johnson. And uh, he has onset uh dementia and it's getting worse and worse and i think it follows i want to say three or four years in his life and it's getting worse just like and her mom had it as well um and they re they she shoots um fictional scenes of him dying just different ways that that he could die uh except from natural causes basically and uh how those play out and then there's kind of these surreal moments where he is in heaven because they're very or he was raised very religiously and that's just what they believe so uh it was really well made and uh really well done and obviously the character of dick johnson is um is very mm, what's the word i don't know warm <laughs> i don't know he's just a he's just a great he's just a great guy you just love you love dick and um can't help but love the dick and uh he's he is like he is this religious guy was raised very strictly under this uh i think it's seventh day adventists and um so like they weren't even allowed to watch movies when they were kids but he uh took them he took uh his daughter kirsten johnson to a film like when she was i want to say seven or eight or something like that and that's like what hooked her into uh films and wanting to make films so he kind of started her off on her whole career by going against his own religion right and it's just you know he was raised that way so he was raising his kids that way and it's just kind of funny how like tradition and stuff like that can take over your life but even though you might not really believe it full like wholeheartedly 
because he goes against it and he is more of like a progressive guy in the end you know um but anyway all of like the scenes where he's in heaven are like very surreal and like just shot super interestingly there's like a lot of uh props and like fake sets and usually their faces are um other famous people with like huge cutouts as masks it's just really interesting how they do it and um they do a lot of interesting things but the weird the the thing i didn't like about it really was that it's more instead of it being a documentary it is a documentary instead of it following the subject and showing these things it's almost like this movie is the making of the documentary that's going to come out and what I mean by that is like they interview one of the stuntmen that is going to do one of his deaths in later scenes. And they do, they, they show how they're going to set up this scene and how they're going to film this scene later. And then they show that scene later, how they, and the filmed version of it. Right. So it's like a behind the scenes look of making the documentary. And I rather would have <laughs> just had it be of the documentary. It, it is. And you have to watch it to know what I'm talking about, but it's kind of just the one thing that I didn't love about it. And, um, I kind of wish it was just more all character and all like, um, more existential like conversations. Cause they don't, you know, they have a couple, but there's too much like movie making in the movie. And it's, um, I didn't love that. Um, but anyway, uh, really still really good. And it's a good movie to watch in 2020. Uh, he always is, you know, he's, uh, people are always asking him, you know, as he gets closer to death, like, are you afraid of dying? All this stuff. And he says, no, you know, I'm just happy to be alive and I'm happy to live in the moment. And it's just a good reminder in 2020 to live in the moment and, uh, not be a sourpuss. So I gave that a four, a four out of five. And then I watched my octopus teacher as recommended to us. Uh, by Travis from Cinephiles Digest. Shout out. Um, I said what I asked in a uh, Instagram poll, what uh, movies do we need to see before 2020 ends? And he said, my octopus teacher. And this is a Netflix documentary, also a Netflix documentary. So is, so is uh, Dick Johnson is dead. Uh, this one is pure, like one subject, uh, one person. The only other person in the whole movie is his son. And um, it's more of a nature doc um, but it follows a guy uh, who has made documentaries in the past, um, but uh, he, he kind of falls out of love with, with filmmaking and kind of has these problems in his life, which they never get into, uh, which is somewhat of a problem. I mean, not that it's super important, um, but he gets uh, he has these mental or emotional problems, mental problems, and he starts diving um, he he's lives in Africa. He starts diving and finds um, uh, an octopus that he starts interacting with daily. And this relationship goes on for basically a year, just short of a year. And it's just their whole relationship with him and what he learns from that and uh, the balance of man and nature, uh, just a lot of stuff like that. Um, so this was uh, shot in 4K and um, I watched it obviously in, in 4K and the shots and the stuff, the footage that he gets is like absolutely incredible. If you, if you only care about like nature and just you're interested in scuba diving, it's worth it on that alone. 
Um, outside of that, there is a lot of, of um, interesting interesting things with, with things that he learns about octopuses and this one specifically and how it relates to his life. A lot of it is like internal, like he is kind of digging for meaning and he's finding meaning in these things. And it's kind of like, if you look at anything too deeply, you can find meaning in it, right? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of where it's, where it goes. And that's Mm. why I didn't like love it. It's not super profound or anything. It just looks amazing. It's super interesting. Um, I would say like at least a third of it or maybe even half of it is kind of just more learning about octopus. Not like that. That's not like, so they don't, I'm interested because like from what I've learned from about octopuses or octopi or whatever you want to call them, um, is that they are basically on track to be like as intelligent as us. They have a completely different brain, which is like not just this centralized organ like ours. And but because they have such a short lifespan, mm-hmm. which is only a f- couple years or I think it's like three years. It depends on the size. Like the one that he interacts with is a very small one. It's about the size of like a, a his full hand or maybe a little bit bigger. Those octopuses only live to be about a year. Yeah. So. They don't live very long. I think the most is maybe a few years, Mm -hmm. but yet they're on track to be just as smart as like we are. So it's kind of like interesting from that aspect that I mean, octopuses are almost like this alien species, right? That Mm -hmm. is equal to us in intelligence, but just doesn't have the time that we do. Yeah, and they they definitely get into that. He talks about uh, that because he he does like a deep dive into the anatomy and physiology of octopuses when he starts interacting with it. And um, it's not ever like presenting just information. All of it is like done very well, like in a narrative, right? So it's not like boring, like exposition dump of this octopus information. It all comes out like as he interacts with it, he's telling his story. He's like seeing it like the the best thing is that he captures all of this footage and then he gets to narrate over the footage because he captured all of this footage in real right. life. They don't have to do a reenactment of it. It's actually you're when he's saying he's telling this story of a shark attack on his basically his friend. He's telling this story and it's you're seeing it play out exactly as he's telling it because that's actually what happened. So that all of that stuff is super interesting and yeah they get into the anatomy how basically an octopus is it's a, a mollusk right or mollusk, something like that yeah, yeah yep. so it's a mollusk there, there's no reason that they should be as intelligent as a cat or a dog but they are or even smarter than More. those animals yeah. and it's because of their he said it's something because of their evolution cycle has to be done like three times as fast or even faster. And well, like, because look how short their lifespan is. Their lifespans are so short and look at what they're capable of. Also, like they have like the best camouflage. They're like, they're some of the, like the smartest thinkers. Like the, you see this octopus cur- constantly outwitting, um, these, uh, I think they're called pajama sharks. Um, he's constant, she's constantly outwitting them, um, to just stay alive. Right. And that's, and that's, you know, the whole, it's interesting, like, too, <laughs> a lot of animals, especially in the ocean, or 
non-domesticated animals, I should say, their only instinct is survival. And like the only thing they do is, uh, their their day to day activity is eat enough to survive and and yeah. have energy to keep going and that's that's literally it and to think about humans like what our daily purpose is is so well, different. Well, look at us. We're doing a podcast for fun. Like we're not <laughs> trying to like survive for our food. Uh, I know. And maybe eat today. We're doing this because it's fun. But that's but they. I mean, they really bring that full circle too. Like in the end, it's he he just talks about how important preservation is and it's really a great movie about i mean they don't talk about like climate change or anything but just the the if you think about this small space in the ocean preserving that if you want to keep that alive you have to keep the whole planet alive and it's just another very timely movie that yeah like people need to see because there's climate so many things guys (laughs) yeah exactly like there's so many things that we need to change currently to keep the planet alive and uh if you want something like this to be able to witness this beauty like the again gorgeous shots of this kelp forest and it like actually looks like a forest and just amazing shots like if you want that stuff to be around to look at you got to do things differently um and the last thing i'll say on it is the music is fucking amazing there is a cross there's a song that is a cross between interstellar and kingdom hearts and i'm gonna put it what I don't know. I can't. I might not put it in this episode, but I'll show. I'll show it to you sometime. Um, I, I'm it is. It is amazing. And yeah, the whole the whole score, the whole soundtrack is absolutely amazing. So check it out. Um, yeah, I'm. I've always been interested in like octopuses just because their intelligence. I remember like a story one time. There is this octopus. Like, so every day they were missing like fish. Like it was an aquarium and like this, there was like this other aquarium, like another tank was like missing fish, like more and more fish kept coming up missing and they're like, what happened? Like what is happening? So they put up a camera and literally the octopus goes out, unlocks its cage, crawls out, crawls across across the floor, goes into the other tank, takes a fish eats it, goes back to its tank, goes into it again, shuts it. And it was doing that like every day. Like that's insane to think about. Yeah. Then you should, uh, you should definitely check it out. I liked it a lot. Uh, again, it's not super profound. yeah. Yeah. It's not super profound. And, um, it's, it's like I said, it's pretty much just a nature doc, but, um, still really good. I, I think I also gave it a four. Um, so definitely check it out if you, like octopuses already added it to the watch list. Great. It's on Netflix and it's pretty short too. Um, and that's it for my docs. I'll save my last one until after you go. So what I watched short and sweet. Cause we know it sucks <laughs> was a masterpiece starring the Megan Fox. <laughs> I did not see this if you posted it. <laughs> yeah, it's Rogue. I told you, I think last on the last episode that I was going to watch this. Mm, because maybe I wasn't listening. the same Martin who recommended Meet the Feebles was going to watch this movie. And so I said I would watch it too because it's 2020. Why not? Okay. did you learn not to trust this guy? <laughs> 
And oh my God, was this easily one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Ever? It's that bad? It's that bad. But well, you gave it a one, though. You didn't even point. get a half. Exactly. Because <laughs> it made me laugh at some point. Okay, I have, I have, I know what this is. Like, I've, I've seen this now. I know. Okay, I don't. Yeah. You probably Go have ahead. a better idea of what the fuck it was about than me, and I watched it. Because <laughs> I have no idea what the point of this movie was whatsoever. Yes, they from just the director. Used, like, I, I remember they marketed it as from the director of Silent Hill Revelation. And that's a terrible movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was one of my most disappointed like movies I've ever seen because I actually liked the first Silent Hill, mm-hmm. and then this one came out with Kit Harrington, and it was one that was also one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So he's at least he's consistent, and yeah, honestly, this was the most like stereotypical like military movie you could ever have it's like they went to this place they're mercenaries they went to a place using military terms to save the governor's daughter because reasons and that was it for the plot and then (laughs) they added a lioness a lioness into it. They were killing a couple of lionesses. And then this lioness was going to get killed and got shot in the eye and didn't die. So when they opened the cage, she killed them. And then for the rest of the movie, she was just hunting people for whatever reason. I don't know if we'll ever know, but she was just hunting people. I don't, I don't want to, well, nothing about the movie, but I just wanted to correct your pronouns. You said at least he's consistent. MJ Bassett is current is a a female now. Was a male, transitioned to a female, so it is a she. At least oh, she is consistent. Okay. That is my bad there. Okay, <laughs> she at least she is consistent. She came and stay consistent. And she, and she is <laughs> got him. She is consistent. Consistently no, I meant, bad. I meant as a as <laughs> a, a joke. orientation. Oh, that is not. <laughs> yeah, no. She made a terrible movie with Silent Hill Revelations and she made a terrible movie with Rogue. Somehow people keep giving her money for to make movies. Well, they're bar- get, barely giving her any money. Probably, I mean, what's the budget on these, do you think? Can't have been high because this CG was probably some of the worst I've ever seen in my life. The lion was so bad. And, like, it moved so unnaturally. Oh, just everything about it was bad. And I don't, okay, lions, as we were just talking about, like, it's all about survival, right? They're just trying to kill to live, right? Mm-hmm. Like, lions kill because they need food to survive so they can kill and get food. And then have babies. And then those babies do the same thing. And that's the entire life cycle. But for some reason, this lion was just killing random people throughout the entire movie. Just so at the end, Megan Fox could lead someone into where they trap the tiger and the tiger, a tiger, the lioness attacks the guy. And then you think that she would just walk away while the lioness is eating this guy and she doesn't. And then she's like bows down to the lion and they become friends. I don't know because 
I don't know. It's so dumb. Like there is nothing really redeeming <laughs> other than how hilariously bad this movie is. It's so, one of those movies that's it's hilariously bad. But it's not so bad that it's good or else you would have given it a, a better score. No, because it's still terrible and I never <laughs> want to watch again. But I, I hope other people watch it so they I can laugh at how much they laughed at how bad this movie was. Because I will not watch. Yeah, it's not good. It's not so bad it's good that I won't watch it again. But it, it's mm-hmm. so... Oh my gosh. I, I, all of, I have like two pages of notes on this movie and they're all just bad things. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, when you, your notes are so long, they just all—they're all just like bad yeah, things to it was say, just and then like a you don't even end up scene, saying like any. You don't even end up reading any of the notes because yeah. it's like, well, I'm just shitting on the movie, so why yeah. even read them? But yeah. some of the parts that were hilarious. So there was—they saved the whoever the people they were going to. They didn't save them, but they're escaped with them, and they're heading away from the bad people to whatever they're going to because I have no idea where they were heading, but they're heading there. They never like seem to get saved, so I don't know what they're doing. And one of the people like I'm tired of, ah, and it's like this worst, some of the worst acting I've ever seen. But I feel like she's like I'm killing it right now because I'm so sh- showing so much emotion right now. Do you and know what? Do you happen to know the uh, character's name that you're talking? Or you're talking about Megan Megan Fox? No, I mean she was terrible too because she was just trying to be a cool like. Do you know what character and, you're? What's the character's name that you're referencing uh, right now? Um, I'm trying. Let me see if I can even. Because there is, there is a there is a cast member slash character, who is the daughter of the director who also wrote the movie, and she's got to be like un, younger than 24, and it's her first movie that she wrote, so that's probably why it's so bad. It could be that I don't. Isabel think. Isabel Bassett. Her name is Tessa in the movie, and that she looks different in the picture. It might be. It might okay. Be maybe it was one maybe of those not. Two. Yeah, but it was like oh my, like she's yelling, and it's supposed to be like this serious moment. Like I can't go on. I don't know what's happening, and like yelling, and it's so bad. And then a fucking alligator comes out of the water and eats her in like one bite, and then like. They're almost out of ammo and the guy's shooting in the water trying to kill this alligator and like blood is just shooting up because she's clearly dead. And I was just laughing because it was I don't know if it was meant to be like funny because like she was doing this serious scene and then she gets attacked by an alligator. But I laughed at that part and then they do it again later. Like this this guy who's one of the main characters, he's like, I found an M1 Grand and it has bullets yeah we'll be able to and then as he's talking the lion attacks him and the people in this get chewed up so much but yet they don't seem to bleed it's like the amount of fucking lacerations and shit that these people have they would have bled to death but somehow he keeps fighting and in the most stupid way possible still joking and shit and he's like he can't even move his hand and one of the guys gets hurt so bad he's starting to pass out. And in order to keep him awake, they sing Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's back. <laughs> I'm not lying. Work. And they sing that song like five times in this movie. Yeah, did it work? Yeah. He was okay. He, he started singing with them. Thank God. The power of Backstreet Boys, you know. 
And I don't. I mean, I could just keep You're going on that about that's, uh, all, a stretch all the, the shitty things that I've seen in this movie. But yeah, it's it's horrid. And but it is funny. So I I feel like some people could enjoy this for how terrible it was, but I did not. I was just hoping for this to end. But I did laugh at those parts, which is why I ended at my score of one star About instead five of half stars. a star. <laughs> because I did laugh. Was it intentional? No, I honestly don't think so. But I, it was still hilarious at those parts. So there you go. Rogue. Cool. One star. Uh, okay. I watched a movie called Jungle Land. And I had this on my list before. I'm trying to think of why. And I think it was because it was executive produced by Mr. Ridley Scott. Um, I don't know Indeed. what his involvement was, but uh, this was... His name. Produced by Free Scott, <laughs> his uh, production company. Um, and it stars Charlie Hunnam and some other guy. Hold on. Jack O'Connell uh, as brothers. And um, it's uh, basically just one brother is the fighter, one brother is the trainer, and they have problems, and it's just drama fest, you know. And uh, I was liking it in the beginning. Um, and Actually, I, I, I like it throughout. It's just it ends up being a total cliche fest the whole time, like, one brother is the fighter. One brother is the trainer. He uses him for his talents. There is a, a girl gets involved. He falls in love with the girl. The girl has a bad, tragic backstory. They have money problems. Like it's just po- t- cliche after cliche piled on top of each other. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, just I couldn't get behind it for all of those reasons. Like there's nothing new or interesting done here, but. It still looked really good. The performances were okay. Nothing stood out really. Um, Charlie Hunnam kind of is the same as most of his movies. The brother was okay. I thought the girl was kind of bad. She was really stiff and wooden, but she her character could have been written that way also. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those like drama-filled, um, kind of slower movies the plot synopsis sells it like they're going to be uh, in this underground boxing like matches all the time. And like, that's how they're going to rise up and stuff. And it really is not about that at all. Um, you can kind of feel the budget in some spots. Like there's supposed to be this scene of that's flashes of violence, but it kind of shows uh, it kind of like frames it down a hallway so that you can't really see anything. And you can only kind of, see one character and hear noises um so it 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 kind of shows its budget in that way it doesn't really cross over that line and then there was just some weird logical stuff too like uh he's supposed to be in this um it's he calls it like the guy that sets it up literally calls it a battle royale right underground boxing battle royale right last man standing so you finally get to the scene where he goes to this event and it's just him and one other guy boxing like one-on-one. 
And you're like, okay, this so is totally not, not what he sold. Like, it's not a battle royale. How is this the last man standing? Like, it would be multiple guys in the ring at the same time fighting when it's really just him and this other guy. Anyway, it's just some, like, stupid logical stuff that made no sense. Um, and then the ending is pretty gross, too. There's, like, a, oh, my God, like, eye-rollingly bad, like, the music, too, that they use, like, Ugh, it's like tries to wrap it up so nicely. I don't want to like spoil it, but you're probably never going to watch mean, it anyway. <laughs> probably not going to watch this. I mean, like, maybe I'm, I'm down to the final 2020 mm, movies I need here. No, there's trust me. There's but, quite a bit coming out that you would rather well, two documentaries watch. You watch too. Or. Yeah. I, they're definitely better than this. I basically just like, it's it's not even worth spoiling it. I can't even, I can't even describe it. So it doesn't matter. It's just gross in the sense that like, yeah, there's a bunch of cliches in this movie, but, like, the ending is, like, the cliche of all cliches. Like, brother takes the fall, gets arrested. He's like, I want you to live your life. Like, he, like, the brother goes down and uh, in the ring, you know, and he's, and the other, the guy that's, he's normally yelling at him to get back up and keep fighting. He's like, no, just stay down. It's not worth it. Don't take any more hits to the head. Like, He's like literally <laughs> saying all this stuff like like he finally now he realizes oh I care you know like just stuff like that it was pretty melodramatic mm, and um, yeah it's gross there was the problem is that it's uh, there's good parts too like it's just it's uh, a decent premise and some decent acting and it's well shot but a lot of it's just dragged down and it was just very mediocre which is why I gave it a two and a half well that fits it yep and that's it for me. Well, well, here we are. Yep. So that wraps everything up. Um, let's talk about next week. What uh, what are we reviewing? I have one thing. Because well, we I have one wreck that we still have to watch. Okay. So I think yeah, we can plan on doing that for sure. Um. The movie, one of the movies that I'm recommending, because we have one more week until the week after Christmas. So next next recording will be like around the 20th, uh, 19th or 20th. And then the 27th, we'll obviously be reviewing uh, Wonder Woman. Maybe we'll fit in Soul. I don't know if that'll be the week after or the same week. Uh, we can talk about that. But for next week, the only thing that I have is Let Them All Talk which you're going to be like, what the fuck is that? And I understand because I didn't know about it either, but it is um, directed by Steven Soderbergh. So I will definitely be watching that. Wow. And I was trying to find out when Monster Hunter is being released because I kind of want to watch that as well. I see. I think it's Christmas. No, I think it's Christmas as well. And that's why I don't think we'll be able to watch it next week. But there was something else that I... I thought we would do like a double bill again just to fit in some more 2020 stuff. But anyway, the only Monster Hunter is December 18th in theaters. Yes. Okay. So that's what I read. And I, I figured it would be one of those movies that hits streaming the same day. So if right. that's the case, if that's the case, I would want to watch Monster Hunter because you can watch um, Let Them All Talk Now. That already came out last Thursday. That's been on HBO Max. So we can all watch that right away. And then if Monster Hunter comes out on the 18th, I definitely want to review that because I know it's going to be a shit show. It should be. I I hope it's a fun 
shit show though. I hope so too. It's Paul W. S. Anderson. Like I mean, he Resident should Evil. know. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's Paul W. S. Anderson. That's isn't he exactly. direct Resident Evil? I, I think probably. he did. Because it's Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm suggesting. If it doesn't come out on the 18th, maybe we can find something else. Or if you want to just do a cram jam of 2020 movies, then we can do that. But um, I mean, I'm good. I'm almost to that goal. Yeah, I'm only seven away. I'm like six or seven away. So yeah, you had to go and be an overachiever this week. (laughs) Well, especially, especially, especially if we record, if we don't do our top 10 until um, January 9th or 10th, we have tons of time to fit in. Uh, We have almost a month to fit in, you know, six movies. movies. Yeah. And like, you know, even though we, um, the year ends on the 31st, technically, like we aren't recording until a week a week and a half after that which that's when we need to have them done by is when we do the top 10 we don't need to have them done done. yeah we will have them done for sure so i'm not worried about that i just want to make sure i get in all the ones that i want to get in is the thing yeah now i can start being more picky because i'm that close you know even if i just watch our featured i pretty much hit it yeah exactly yeah uh i'm sad too it looks like midnight sky is getting bad reviews too i was looking forward to that one. Oh well um yeah that's another christmas one so we might have to do yeah we're gonna have to there's a lot coming out around christmas we're gonna have to definitely do like wonder woman on the 27th yeah. and then do like a double bill like uh midnight sky and soul on the third and then we'll do top 10 on the 10th sounds good so all right um so you guys are good with the soderbergh movie i yeah, uh for sure okay i knew i knew jacob would be i didn't know wasn't sure if Josh would be interested. Uh, so let's let them all talk. We'll do that for sure. Maybe Monster Hunter as well. We'll keep you updated on the socials. If you uh, have a question or a comment, you can send us an email at sudsandcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sudsandcinemapodcast. I am on Letterboxd and Untapped at the KG Project. I'm on both of those as JSAL517. That's JSAL517. And I am on both platforms as well and on, at Josh underscore Saldana. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. <laughs>